You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Buckeye Breakdown on Thursday night of the 2022 NFL Draft, where it's been a great night to be on Ohio State Buckeyes fan because the Buckeyes not only had uh, first-round picks, they had them consecutively in historic fashion and gave Brian Hartline um, maybe the easiest recruiting pitch of all time moving forward now uh, here with his uh, incredible group that he's had over the last few years. I'm Brendan Gulick along with Andrew Lind. Glad to have you with us tonight for a little bit, talking Ohio State receivers. Andrew, it's been a while since the Buckeyes have had first-round uh, selections at wide receiver. Perhaps you could argue there's times where maybe they've had first-round talent. It just hasn't worked out. Um, I think there is, without a sliver of a doubt, that's the deepest and most talented unit right now on the team. Uh, and and yes, they had a great year last year, but it's it's maybe more than just a one-year thing, and I know this team's looking forward to the future they've got in that room too, but boy, what a celebration for Garrett Wilson to go number 10 overall. He's a New York Jet. Chris Olave, number 11, he's a New Orleans Saint. And uh, and then after that, at number 12, the Lions straight up for former Ohio State Buckeye and, uh, and former Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver Jamison Williams. Yeah, I mentioned this on Twitter tonight too. You know, all Brian Hartline has to really do is just walk into a prospect's living room and say, hey, let's watch this 15 minutes of the 2022 NFL draft. And, you know, you're going to see, you know, three players who were all in his room in, in 2020, you know, go back to back to back. And we've only we've only really seen that one time before in Ohio State history. And it happened to be with somebody who, you know, transferred out of the program with Joe Burrow going number one in 2020 and then followed by uh, Chase Young and Jeff Okuda after that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, a spectacular feat for that to happen. And then not only that, but then, you know, Next year, Ohio State's going to have presumably the number one pick or the number one wide receiver in the draft and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, you know, that, that room is, is full of talent. And, you know, it, it's really cool to see that happen all in one night. I, uh, I think we're going to spend an awful lot of time talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba this year. And for good reason, the kid is unbelievable. Um, I'm interested to see when it gets to 12 months from now, you know, leading up to the draft where the conversation is around his size at the NFL level, because he's a very different kind of wide receiver than Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave or some of the other guys that, you know, the, the Michael Thomases of the world that have come out of Ohio State. But we'll talk about Jackson another time. I, I want to focus maybe more on the guys that have been picked. Let's start with Garrett Wilson, because, I mean, the guy, you know, every single time he took the field, um, he was a, a human highlight reel. I mean, there are so many moments in his career that stand out to me, but I mean, his performance, even going back to uh, games against Clemson, I mean, really jump off the page at you. 
I think he is going to be an absolute full-blown star. I think he's the best wide receiver in this draft class. Um, no offense to his teammate. I think Olave is going to have a really nice NFL career. Uh, I just think Garrett Wilson is a different kind of special. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson, all that stuff just comes naturally to him. Whereas I think Chris Olave worked and worked very hard to be the number 11 overall pick in, the, in this draft. Where, whereas Garrett Wilson was, you know, from the time, from the time he made that spectacular catch in the Fiesta Bowl against Clemson in, in uh, late 2019, you know, everybody was like, oh, this, this is a superstar in the making. And, and really, he went into a perfect spot. I know that they drafted Zach Wilson last year with their first, first pick. But then, you know, they don't really have any weapons around him, especially receiver. I mean, they have uh, one receiver who they picked last year um, out of Ole Miss. Um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. But I know he only had 600 yards receiving last year as their leading receiver. So, you know, that, that's an instant influx of, of talent in that room. And for the Jets to also, by the way, pick up Sauce Gardner, um, heck of a first round for them. I also laughed pretty hard when I saw it. Uh, I think it was Tom Withers from the Associated Press, who's based out of Northeast Ohio. I think he he tweeted something to the effect of Sauce's new nickname is going to be Swass now that he's a, a New York Jet. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, but I, I agree, man. A really good fit for uh, for Garrett Wilson in New York. Um Everything about that situation screams to me that it's going to be a, a good thing for him. Even if things don't work out at quarterback with the Jets, they they are building something that I think is going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously they were a good team for for a while, kind of a little while ago now at this point when they were consistently, you know, even in the Mark Sanchez days, like competing for AFC championships. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- haven't been that caliber good for the last few years. I just feel like they've got some momentum. Plus Garrett Wilson, he seems like the kind of kid that can handle the New York market. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is something to be said for that because that's a tough market to be a superstar athlete in if you don't play well. Yeah, and I mean, if you're just looking at the the top picks so far and who you know you're going to give great, so you have to, you know, really maybe analyze these, but just off the cuff, you know, I think the Jets really have had a, a tremendous draft so far. I mean, Sauce Gardner is probably the number one quarterback. I mean, at least to me, he's the number one cornerback in this draft. So then to get the number one cornerback and the number one wide receiver within the top 10 picks, like you're not going to do better, you know, very often. And, you know, there there is one very underrated aspect of Sauce going where he did, because if you think about it, who was his coach last year, or the last three years at Cincinnati? New coach, yeah, Perry Eliano. So, you know, there, there's another Ohio State connection in that aspect that maybe most people aren't realizing. You know, you mentioned a good night for New York, not just the Jets, the or I should say, yeah, not just the Jets, the Giants, you know, picking Kayvon Thibodeau at, at five and turning around a couple picks later and, and landing Alabama tackle Evan Neal. Gosh, mm-hmm. those are two huge pieces the Giants really needed to uh, – Pretty good night to to be a football fan in New York. Uh, and a pretty good night to be a New Orleans Saints fan because I think there were a lot of people in that neck of the country that were hearing rumblings that Olave might be the guy. And as the draft kind of took form, you know, Drake London goes relatively early, I guess, at eight. Um Admittedly, I was a little surprised. I thought Wilson would be the first receiver off the board, but I knew there was, you know, potential that Drake London might be that guy. And, and you know, he's had a heck of a career in, at USC, and I, I think he projects pretty well at the next level. 
um, it just became obvious that there was going to be this run on wide receivers and that there were some loaded wide receivers in this class. Mm -hmm. But for them to go, you know, essentially 8, 10, 11, 12 was, was kind of crazy. Um, and for New Orleans to to have to move up from 16 to 12 to make sure they got their guy, you know, time will tell if they gave up too much, but um, they obviously wanted Chris Olave and weren't willing to see if he was going to fall to them. Yeah, being at 16 at that point was a very tricky spot for them. I know, you know, there was a number of projections, including in the um, some of them that we ran today, this morning, um, had Olave going to the commanders at number 11. So, you know, if they, if they truly had interest in him at that, at that spot, then that would mean that the Saints had to give up quite a bit for them to say, okay, well, we're going to pass on this guy who might be at the top of our board, you know, and trade back a little bit. But really, I mean, from the very beginning, everybody thought that, that Chris was going to end up in New Orleans, and I think that that's a really good spot for him. You know, they, they obviously don't have the same maybe offensive attack as they did when, when Drew Brees was there, but Jameis Winston can throw the ball around, and then now he's going to be able to continue to learn from a – you know, another Ohio State player, Michael Thomas, who, you know, was was the highest paid wide receiver in the, in the NFL at one point in time, and, you know, had all kinds of catches, all kinds of receiving yards. And, you know, he has been injured the last two years or so. But, you know, that, that's just another connection. And I mean, really, that that that's one of the more scary offenses in the NFC, if not the whole NFL. Yeah. And if things don't work out with Jameis Winston, what quarterback doesn't want to go out there and throw to Chris Olave and Michael Thomas? I mean, it, it seems like an easy recruiting pitch to a to a potential quarterback if if things go south with Winston um definitely a weird period for that franchise right I mean Drew Brees leaves retires and then you know they get essentially one more year and Sean Payton decides to hang it up I don't know if that surprised people in New Orleans certainly surprised people outside of New Orleans that all of a sudden Sean Payton just said hey enough's enough mm -hmm. um so look they're they're retooling but they've got a lot of good pieces in place. They're a good team. Uh, and for a lobby to now team up with Michael Thomas when he is fully healthy, that is going to be a scary offense for sure. Um, yeah, and, and if you remember too, you know, their roster, he's now the seventh Buckeye on that roster. You know, you right. have Nick Van Nett, you have Pete Werner, Jalen Holmes, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby. So, uh, and then obviously Thomas, that makes seven. So, you know, there, there's a lot of familiarity there and, you know, there's a reason that everybody calls them the New Orleans Buckeyes. So, you know, just it's going to continue to be that way. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Looking forward to, to following them for sure. By the way, don't want to go any further in case uh, you're listening to this after the fact. You can watch live with us on YouTube. We always uh, stream our podcast live. So uh, please be sure to follow us on our YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Buckeye Breakdown. But we're also available after the fact if you didn't catch us live uh, in lots of places where you find your favorite podcasts. Um, you know, the, the Lions then all of a sudden trade up 12. And, you know, it, it just kind of had that sneaking feeling of after Wilson and Olave went, you start thinking quickly who could they want to trade up for that, that they're worried 
you know, might fall yeah. uh, or, or that, that, that wouldn't fall to them. Um, I've tried really hard, and I know a lot of people have tried this. I've tried really hard not to be on Twitter throughout the night because I think the NFL draft is one of the coolest events on television. It's truly a made-for-TV event. Um, and I just like watching the drama unfold in front of me live on TV rather than finding out the picks ahead of time on Twitter. Um, so I don't know exactly what the Twitter sphere was looking like after Wilson and Olave got picked. I mean, I, I tweeted a couple of things when they went out, but I really didn't look through my timeline. Um, but for then Jamison Williams, who look, I, I mean, I know he said some things about I'm not a Buckeye anymore. I'm, I'm an Alabama guy. Um, and I, I respect that. That's fine. You know, he, he did what kids are now allowed to and, and able, uh, willing and able to do and transfer and go make your, your opportunity somewhere else, make the most of it and see what happens. And it obviously worked out pretty well for him because he was having a little bit of a hard time getting consistent opportunities on the field, goes to Alabama and now he's at number 12 overall pick in the draft. Um, gosh, that was, that was pretty awesome. And, you know, if you're Brian Hartline, I don't know where, where coach Hartline's watching the draft, but I would have been sitting at home with a pretty stiff cocktail if I were Brian tonight. I would imagine he's out there with them, you know. Just yeah, I would think so. What the situation is, but you know, I think just going back to when he announced that he was transferring, part of the part of the ill will maybe that he has toward Ohio State, at least Ohio State fans, is like you kind of see with anybody who enters the transfer portal at this point in time. You know, people are like, "Oh, it wasn't that big of a deal," this and that. And I said at the time, the the very day that he that he entered the portal, I shared a picture of him tackling Devonta Smith in the national championship last year, and I said who Jamison Williams was, who Jamison Williams is. And sure enough, a year later, you know, he's a Bolitnikoff finalist, a first-round pick like Devonta Smith, and, you know, he, he proved that he was good enough. It just happened to be that he was, you know, competing with Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, like we said, is going to be a first-round pick next year for one spot. And, you know, it, it just happens. And really, if you think about it, it worked out for both, both parties involved because they got the best, you know, he went on to, to be a star somewhere. Jackson Smith and Jigba then went on to set all kinds of records in the in the Rose Bowl. So it's like it, it really worked out for everybody involved. It definitely did. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in this, you know, age and era now of college football where you're going to see guys leave your program. Mm -hmm. You know, think about the number of guys that have left Ohio State or entered the transfer portal, I should say, at least now this year. Mm -hmm compared to like the last three years combined. I mean, it's, it's way, way more than what we are used to seeing. Um, but it's just the changing nature of the game. And, and Jamison Williams is probably ex example, or I should say exhibit one a of why it works. Um, he just made a crap load of money tonight and he had a heck of a career. And I know it, it ended on a sour note with a, a tough injury at Alabama, but you know, the guy, chose to go to Ohio state out of high school because they wanted to be an NFL wide receiver. Brian Hartline has been preaching a vision to these guys and it's working. And while it took him on a slightly diverted path, he accomplished his goal. And that's some, you know, that's something that uh, both the Buckeyes and, and Jamison Williams, I, I think would hang their hat on. And I think that's something we can't forget too, because he was in the program for three years. It's not as if he was just, you know, not learning anything. So, I mean, Brian Hartline can take, credit for his development and and I think that that's a very important thing too because he helped you know you're kind of the uh, sum of all the things that happened to you in the past and when when 
you know, he's in the program for three years, learns all these different things from him, and then he's going to go and apply it when he's wide receiver number one. Well, it's going to work out because you've been taught the right way. So, you know, I just look at it like the same thing with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was in the program for three years, left. You know, it, it, it's you're still a Buckeye regardless of whether where you finish your career. And I think Ohio State fans and and Brian Hartline and Ryan Day and even Zach Smith and Urban Meyer should take you know take credit for what 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 transpired tonight it's uh it's awfully cool i think there were a lot of people that expected garrett wilson to be a high pick i think there were people that were kind of wondering exactly where chris olave might fall expecting that jameson williams was going to get picked in the first round for sure but you never really know until it actually plays out how things are going to go um but there's some pretty cool serendipity for those three guys to get picked consecutively and uh, for an awful lot of Ohio State highlights to be shown on TV, for Ryan Day to be at the draft and you know be on national TV earlier today, um, it just continues to be one heck of an advertisement for what Ohio State football is for the best and youngest talent in the country, and uh, certainly looks like next fall is going to be more of the same with a lot of these guys that are uh, you know lined up and looking at what happened tonight, thinking, hey, it's 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 my time now. Well, and it's really cool, too, if you look, uh, you can pull up the the list of all the Ohio State, you know, draftees over the years on Wikipedia, just a, a long list of hundreds of, of names. But the one really cool thing is if you look more in the last 10 or so years, you see players who went from being, you know, uh, aside from the year that Ohio State had like 14 picks, I believe it was 2004, um, you know, between that time, like toward the end of Trestle's years, you know, most of the draft picks were third, second, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth round picks. And now it's very top heavy. You know, you're constantly having, you know, numerous first round picks. And it's just, it's kind of a, just, uh, it really shows the amount of talent that Ohio State's bringing in, continuing to produce and then, and then sending to the NFL. And like you said, it, it really is like tonight is nothing but a 30 minute infomercial on what it means to be an Ohio State wide receiver. So, yeah, I mean, it is really cool to see. Here's the list of Ohio State wide receivers that have been drafted in the first round uh, in the history of the draft. goes back to 1995 when Joey Gallery, of course, was taken number eight overall by Seattle. Uh, next was Terry Glenn the following year, drafted by New England. A few years later, Arizona drafted David Boston in 1999. Five years after that, of course, Michael Jenkins to Atlanta. Santonio Holmes in 2006, drafted by Pittsburgh. In 2007, a couple guys drafted, of course, Anthony Gonzalez, uh, was drafted second after Ted Ginn Jr. was picked seventh overall. Gonzalez went number 32 to Indianapolis and had an incredible rookie season. Uh, Ted Ginn obviously had a, a great career and just recently retired. And then Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson now in, in 2022 and, and Jamison Williams. Um, it's uh, it's a, a list of guys that you look back on and think, gee, I don't think there's really anybody on that list that had a bad NFL career. Um certainly seems to bode pretty well for, for Olave and Wilson and Williams here and, and the guys to come. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's kind of crazy to just say, okay, well, it's been 15 years since Ted Ginn and Anthony Gonzalez got drafted. Like, like that seems like just yesterday, but that really is a long time. And then if you kind of just look at it and say, okay, well, they had two, technically three this year, Jackson's going to go definitely number, you know, in the top or in the first round next year, maybe Julian Fleming, if he puts together, you know, a really good year, because Really, Jamison is an example of that. You put together one really good year, and you're a first-round draft pick. And then, you know, the year after that, Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, 
you know, it, it's kind of one of those things that we go from talking about this long drought to maybe it's like three years in a row that they have two wide receivers drafted, like in the first round. So, yeah, it'll be, I mean, it'll be pretty crazy to watch. Pretty good time to be C.J. Stroud, huh? <laughs> Not too bad. Yep. Not too bad. Hey, before we wrap up for the night tonight, um, let's look ahead here with what could be to come for the Buckeyes. You know, you, you've certainly got a, a handful of guys that we expect are going to get drafted. Um, hard to really know for sure, but is it Ruckert? Is it NPF? Is it Thayer Munford? You know, one of those three probably would be the next one off the board. Um, I guess I'm I'm kind of expecting at least one of them to get picked before the end of the day tomorrow, but and it, it gets really choppy when you're starting to, to project out where guys are second, third, fourth round. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the MPF will probably go maybe late second, early third, you know, to just a team that, that needs, you know, offensive line help really. And I mean, maybe it's not immediate offensive line help because I don't know that he's necessarily someone who's going to step in and, and be a starter in year one, but he could develop into that. So, you know, I, I mean, me personally, I've, I've seen a lot of actually projections of like the Raiders with their first pick, you know, maybe moving up and picking him. I know the Browns were. You were, were looking at Raiders projections? I don't believe it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then I think like Rucker, on the other hand, you know, I've seen a couple to the Browns, even to the Jets in the third round, which, I mean, he grew up a Jets fan, so that would be really cool. And then him and, him and Garrett being reunited as well. So, you know, I think that those are really two possibilities for tomorrow. And then I think it would be uh, Tyreek Smith, Haskell Garrett, and and Thayer Mumford probably on on day three, maybe in the in the fifth to sixth round range, I, I would presume. And then, you know, Master T could sneak into the seventh round, you know, maybe just based upon his his uh, athleticism and just you know maybe testing numbers. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see how that 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 plays out. Looking forward to seeing it along the way, how it how it goes here the next couple of days. Uh, BuckeyesNow.com is your home for everything that's going on with Ohio State football. We'll let you know, and we'll certainly provide our analysis along the way when uh, all of these things uh, happen in real time. For Andrew Lind, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for joining us tonight on Buckeye Breakdown. You can follow us on social media at BuckeyesNowSI on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, BuckeyesNow.com, and we sure would appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so that we can continue to do content just like this for you. Ohio State with a big night. Picks 10, 11, and 12 overall. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams on their way to the NFL.